My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Welcome. Um, <laughs> I always start laughing when I'm uh, about to do a podcast because I sit and reflect on the person I'm going to be speaking with. And today I have the great, just really great privilege <laughs> and honor of speaking with Julie Feinstein Adams. And Julie and I met God 12, 15 years ago. And Julie wears many, many, many different hats. She's a dating coach, a powerful dating coach. She is an editor. Um, but the thing that I love about Julie the most is she's a savant at reading energy. She can dip into seeing energy and seeing the truth and expand things like there's no tomorrow. And I, I love working with her and I love speaking to her. And after any time I have a conversation with you, Julie, I always feel, um, I feel the gold of life, the rim of the gold of life. Like there's this gold rim around life. And when I talk to you, that's how I feel. So mm -hmm. welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. How, how do you want people to know you? Uh, what's well, I, I love that you pulled out dating coach and editor first, because I feel like those are really strong pieces of me. Um, when people ask me what I do, I always sort of look off into the middle distance and think about like, which part of the ele elephant am I going to describe first? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just becoming more and more at peace with the fact that like, that's how that question lands for me is I have to kind of pause a moment and be like, who am I, how am I going to explain it to this person in this moment today? Um, the core of everything I do is story, storytelling mm -hmm. and alignment. I realize those are the two things that thread through who I am and how I feel the world. And then the third thread is beauty. Oh, wow. And what I realize is that I'm always feeling this thread, this thing in the center of everything and trying to express it, making efforts towards expression. And that might be writing. It might be a moment I capture in a photograph. It might be, um, you know, a coaching session where I feel something and I want the person who's asked me to show them what I see, you know, I want them to see it. Can um, I ask you something? Yeah. When you said alignment, mm-hmm. It hit me um, like I just felt this. I just felt this straight line up and down. Yeah, like a whoosh down. And um, what is it that you see about alignment? What is it that you notice about it? Um, it's interesting to try to tie it to language to express it. It's a so one thing I noticed about it is it's a feeling. It's, um, you know, this term felt sense. People talk about felt sense is this like sixth thing that I feel it in my belly. Like I feel it in my body. And my sense of it is 
we all have it and we all stray from it, deviate from it, leave it, forget about it, <laughs> you know, um, make lots and lots of swirly swirlies to not notice that it's there. Um, and that there's, there's a thrum underneath everything that, right. And so there's that, there's that kind of alignment too. Like for me, there, like one day I just had this, like the, what, an aha moment, right? It's like, truth beauty love and god are all the same thing and you can call god whatever you want but you know spiritual right those four, they're all the same thing and not only that but it's like i grew up in la and i went to disneyland every year when i was a kid so those cars and there's a metal track underneath and you've got a steering wheel and you have kind of the illusion that you're steering yeah. but really like you're there's a track that's kind of holding you yeah yeah so that <laughs> I um I feel the truth of what you're saying mm. and we had this it, we had this experience you and I in this conversation last week and it really impacted me and you've been looking for a new place and and I innocently um uh innocently threw my opinion on you Oh yeah. And it impacted me. You you were gracious enough to bring it up to me. But there's something about knowing that everybody has their own track. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to give you my track. I was like, oh yeah, you should just go rent this, go get this place, forget, you know, whatever it was. It was a total denial of your track and your truth. Mm. And we do that so innocently to people. We think, I think that I know what's right for you. Mm. Well, we get excited about what's true for us. Yeah. Right? And then we want people, mm. like, everything is, I want people to feel as good as I feel in this moment. This is going to be a weird detour from what you just said, but it's the way that like, if I tell someone that I'm depressed and they're like, have you tried medication? And yeah. it's like, that worked for them. So they want me to have what they have. They want that, you know, we like, we all want everyone to have the good feeling. Oh, wow. I've never seen it from that point of view. <laughs> and I realized after that conversation, mm -hmm. I realized getting anybody advice and telling them what to do is probably the meanest thing in the world to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good intention. Yeah. But it doesn't honor that track that's inside of you, that knowing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yes. I want to say it's interesting because that moment for me was really like shined a spotlight on the struggle that I have when I talked about like all the swirly whirlies, like there's our knowing and then we get lost. And I'm very easily lost when someone else expresses an opinion or I've decided they know more than I do, right? So, um, but we also, we go to each other for reflection. And I think this is where it's very tricky. It's like, it's possible I could be hyper-focusing on the bus stop that's in front of that apartment and missing that it's a really great apartment. Or it's possible that I really know myself and wanting distance from traffic is like a huge high up on my next home list, right? 
And I think it's the latter. And maybe I'm going to circle back around to what you just said, which is we all have our own knowing. So advice is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, because I think about there's a similar thing that happens with dating, right? Like I'll say to someone, oh, I met this guy. I don't know. I'm not that interested. And 99 out of 100 women will say, give him a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like a really common thing that we do, which I feel like it's an instant undercutting of that person's knowing. Yeah. But, it's, but we all have this narrative that says we get in our own way. We don't really know. We're too picky. Oh, that just gave me chills when I said that one. Yeah. There's a story in our culture, especially for women, that says we're too picky. And that is an instant. That's like whacking yourself off at the knees. That is an instant stop from knowing. Well, you know, what's really interesting is I think that what I'm finding interesting about this conversation, because what I just heard, mm -hmm. what I hadn't heard is sometimes when we go to people, it's not for the reflection. We want to be listened to so we can hear our thinking mm. and find our own knowing. Mm -hmm. That we can, we can kind of like it, um, put everything on the table and see what's really true there. Yeah. Just to see our thinking and find it. But I think having the reflection and having somebody there is so useful. That, yes. I know that you will read my stuff, say something to me, and you go, you're out of alignment there. And because you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And you'll have, you'll invite me to look. Right. And then I go, oh my God, you're right. I can see That's that. the power. We don't all have that strength to choose. Once someone reflects, oh, I'm noticing this, it takes a lot of inner strength to receive, to say, oh yes, that's true to me too, versus like, oh my God, they just said that. That's not true for me. What do I do? Maybe I was wrong. Mm. Like, it's that, maybe that's the ninja training that we all need is like, how do we receive that reflection, which is genuine help and still choose what's true for us. I feel like that's, that's so huge because a lot of our culture is about getting help with things. Tell me what you think about this. Is this right? You know? Well, it's like, I mean, it's like doctors and lawyers, no offense to them, but they know better. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in the, um, when my daughter was born, hmm. a doctor and I got in fight at three in the morning. She said, you should have a home birth. And I was like, I was right. Cause I really wanted to advocate for having um, a natural birth after a cesarean. And she was adamant 100% that I was a fool and idiot and she knew better. Mm. And I just think that we're, we're trained that other people know better than us, innocently. Yeah. yeah. But we're connected to ourselves and we know what's true for us. That's it. I think that's the brilliance of coach training, the times that I've engaged in, in coaching trainings, learning to be a coach, is that it deliberately points to the person coming for help already knows. It delivery, right? It's, it's like, that's a skill that everybody needs, is, is, is pointing what you're saying, pointing people back to their own knowing, and also how to graciously offer what you see without expectation, without agenda, without this like thing that, you know, that you're pointing to with doctors and lawyers, this like, I know and you don't, and you're an idiot if you don't do it my way. 
Yeah, yeah. I just think it was an innocent misunderstanding, not knowing that we have this built-in mm -hmm. knowing. Yeah, well, it, almost, it feels subversive. I mean, like, it's pretty fair to say the dominant paradigm is not that magical. What do you mean? Well, to me, when we say everyone has their own knowing, to me that I just, I feel like that's magic. <laughs> right? Say more, you got me. <laughs> like, what happens if you actually follow your heart or that inkling, you know, miracles start to happen. I mean, that's, these are the words that come, magic miracles. Like we've been taught that if you listen to yourself and follow a feeling that's not logical, it's not rational, you know, that you're, it's a, we're witches. Oh, well, we know what happened to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, mind body dualism, you know, this is the opposite of that. This is like sensing. This is, and I mean, oh, there's two different things I want to say. Cause you said to me one time, like if it's knowing it doesn't have a feeling. So I sort of want to bookmark that one and come back to it. But the other thing, oh wait, now did I lose it? Sometimes I do this to myself. I see two paths and I get, um, I get befuddled. Um, oh, magic is real. This is the thing I wanted to tell. So once I had a storytelling teacher, it was my first time working with her, the very first class of like a three week series where we were gonna write a story, a comedic story about our businesses. That was called Funny Business was the name of the mm -hmm. workshop. And she, our first assignment, we had one minute to tell the group, we had one minute before we were going to die and we had to tell the group the most important thing. And it was oh, like, wow. I know. And I got up there and I did one minute and I opened my mouth and it was on magic is real. That oh. came out of my mouth, magic is real, that that was my job. And in a way, I feel like that was a brilliant epiphany moment. Like I really did sort of accidentally, I want to say like throw up <laughs> my purpose and just to be visible. And I was like, oh, wow, there it is. And, you know, I told a little story about a friend who, my friend Layla, who was passing in the process of dying at the time, but it all sort of came back to that. So I just wanted to get, you know, I just got chills because I just realized you and I are connected and talk about magic. Like we don't understand what's going on. There's an yeah. alignment or a path. You're friends with Libby, Libby yes. Edsel. Yes. And I introduced her to her partner, Linda. I know at a dinner party at your house. Right. And they became, but like, and we were, we didn't know that we were connected. Yeah. No, we never we didn't know that until Linda's yeah. passing. Right. Yeah. Till a year after Linda's passing. Yeah. So that's we knew each other for like 12 years before we found that out. Yeah, like whatever this web is, whatever this, whatever is working on us. Mm -hmm. But say more about the magic because I, when you just said it, Julie, I could, I mean, that's where I said the gold, like at the end of the, like, I can feel that you see something in life that other people don't see. And it's that magic. And what is that? Well, I've, I feel like I'm this scientist who's been, curious about a thing I already know and I just keep experimenting with it and asking people about it in that 
because I can't, it, it's like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, it can't possibly be real. I mean, even while I'm sitting here, magic is real. No, it's not. Like there's, you know, I have this ambivalence in the true sense of the word. Um, but what I mean when I say it is what is the interconnectedness of all things. It is, it's like, you know, on that walk, when you pulled up this image of a cruise ship, like I was trying to think of the floaties that I needed for the business meeting that was coming up. Like, if I say this, I'll, I'll at least survive the business meeting. And you were like, you don't need floaties, you're on a cruise ship. And I just went, oh, like my whole system settled. And I've been touching into that feeling you know, it's like we, we had a moment where it's almost like you opened up the flip, like the photo album and you showed me a picture and I went, oh, and I remembered, I knew it, it was new and I remembered. And then that's the magic. And then there's a trust, there's like a, a co-creating, like, like the magic exists. And then as the human, I have to trust it. I have to access it. I have to recognize it in some way and connect to it because that's where the power is. Yeah, what you're, what you're pointing to, we were talking about what Julie was talking about is we had this conversation and oftentimes what I see is people get caught up in their fearful thinking and they don't even know it. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about, and I could see you were just trying to survive. You're trying to get a strategy and you were talking about the, the floaties. I just want floaties. I want to be able to survive. Yeah. And what we're pointing to is that everybody's connected to this infinite intelligence. Mm -hmm. That we are, it's in us, we're part of it. And when we quiet down, it's like we're on a cruise ship and we don't even know it. Why go for the floaties when you can be on a yacht with servants right. to the you right. to the Mediterranean? And the, the tricky part is, you know, when it goes, comes back to something as, I'm gonna say seemingly concrete as finding a new place to live, there's this push pull for me of like how much, or I wanna say it's like trust in God, but tether your camel, right? Like how, how much of the footwork, how much of the, it's, it's such a funny thing because I know that when I'm in my humanness, I'm very industrious about trying to fix and figure out and, and I'm not comfortable with not knowing. And so I think that's what I mean about the ambivalence too, is that it's always like, a, oh, well, maybe there is something I need today to do today to move towards that goal. But also maybe something larger is holding me and I'm impatient, mm -hmm. but it's coming. The thing I want is coming. And how do I sort of live between those two, like take action towards your goal and relax, like, the, the dude's coming with your margarita like any minute <laughs> on your chaise lounge. You know, there's nowhere to be but here. I, I just had this interesting experience. I put solar mm. on my, I, last September, I, um, a guy in my networking group, somebody visited and they were talking about solar and I don't know why it dawned on me. Like it makes this, it's so clear. Why would I not use the sun's power over anything else? So I put solar in, they installed it in January. In March, the city came out to try to give the final inspection and they wouldn't authorize it. Oh no. And they said that I the the internal panel which the solar was hooked up to was illegal. It wouldn't authorize. So we went back and forth with the city. 
Mm. It took three months and it took, I mean, it was, excuse the expression, folks, shit show. And I could get up in my thinking and I started to get embarrassed and and humiliated because what a fool am I? And then finally I go, well, I'm okay. Either I blew $50,000 or, I mean, there's nothing I can do. But I would make calls knowing that something would happen. Either it would get it would get permitted or not, and it finally did last week. But but it was like this thing of not getting attached because I know there's something bigger at work here. There's something. Yes, I had to make calls. Yes, blah blah blah. Yes, I lost it. But they actually thanked me for being a kind person. Mm. The company, the Coda, the company, mm-hmm. because there was nothing where to get. I knew we would do it. They want it. We all want it done. Yeah. But that's that, like, yes, I needed to make calls. Like you said, yes, you need to go look at houses. Mm-hmm. But pushing it and forcing it doesn't allow me to see the magic. Yes. Well, and that's where, so I kind of want to come back to that thing that we had, that I mentioned about the knowing doesn't have a feeling. Yes. Because I do feel like that I can tell, like, like so this felt sense, like I can feel when I'm that moment, when I asked you about the floaties, I couldn't stop myself from thinking that way until you, you were like, Hey, wait a minute. And I was like, Oh, right. There it is. Like yeah. I could be reminded and drop back into a softer place. And all of those things, the crazy fearful place and the kind of softer relaxed place, they feel like something to me. And then, and they and that softer place, the, the cruise ship metaphor that we're playing with lately, that feels like the knowing place yeah feels like home yeah yeah but we're not we're there was an article in ink today and they talked about executives and the great one of the great things about a top executive four qualities one was they work from joy they don't work from fear and i I don't know if it's joy but what i realize is we're used to as a culture being great and we think it's normal and we think it's relevant information I'm sorry, say again, what are we used to as a culture? Fear. Fear, yes. We think that's normal. Get caught in it like it's relevant. But see, like you couldn't see in that mind that you are making all these stories up in your head. But the minute you relaxed, I just watched you. It was like watching um, a New Year's Eve Times Square when the the New Year ball dropped. (laughs) I watched your whole system drop. Mm -hmm. And you let it all go. And you just reported to me at the beginning how beautifully the conversation went because you just showed up present. Well, that's that's why all of this is a practice, right? Like it's a, those every time, every time that we can catch it, like you catching that moment, we're in a coaching relationship in that moment. You see a thing, you reflect it back to me. I check in with myself imme- with, you know, without even knowing that I'm doing it and it makes sense and I drop in, yeah. right? Like all of that happens. And now I have a conscious experience of the difference between those two states. And so it's like yoga, it's like any other practice, mm-hmm. I get to expand my capacity to hold that pose, which is more pleasurable, actually. I mean, the metaphor is a little mixed because sometimes we're, we're sort of pushing an edge where there's a little bit of pain with yoga, but maybe it is similar because it's like, it's a new pose yeah. for me, for most people, right? Like 
disaster preparedness is the is the familiar pose. Yeah, you know that exactly. I love that. I absolutely love that because we have to get familiar and used to being relaxed and held. Mm -hmm. We have to know what that experience is like, and it has to become normal. Whereas most of the time we live in fear. And we think that's normal. Like I used to live like a, a friend of mine would say, it's like I was a frog in boiling water. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I thought, well, that's normal. Or I used to live in a house filled with gas and thinking it was normal. Mm -hmm. And then I got fresh air and I'm like, uh, what do you mean? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I think we're so taught, again, going back to that, listening to our knowing, mm -hmm. we're so taught to not listen to it. Yeah that other people know better. Yeah. But they don't. I love what you said, that you have your own knowing. You know what to do. But how many people, Julie, when you said that, how many people listen to us with that in mind? What do you mean by who's listening? Well, like, like when you said that, mm -hmm. like, you know, as a coach, we get trained to listen that they know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what it, I just was struck by it because I thought, how many people listen to us? Yeah. That we have our own knowing. Right. Well, that's, I think that's something everyone could benefit from holding in their awareness. Yeah, but, but it's such a gift. Yeah. And that's why when I said to you and I just threw up my opinion on you. Mm -hmm. It was so powerful because I saw the dismissiveness of your knowing. Yeah. And just, it just hurt me. Oh. It, it was, I mean, it, it was really amazing also to have that moment and go through this process with you and examine it. Because for me, looking at houses as I have done for the last two or three years off and on and with different realtors one of the struggles I had was it seems I haven't been trained as a realtor but it seems to me like realtors are trained to walk into a space and just name 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 all the things that are good about it and what I found was that I couldn't find my center because I kept feeling so overwhelmed by all of that projection yeah and, and I couldn't, I kept trying to calibrate to like get a realtor to see what I was looking for so that they would stop giving me what they thought was good for me. And I changed realtors three times just because I needed, I kind of needed a combination of like, well, maybe someone else will be more empathetic, empathic, open, you know? And I mean, I have a, a lovely relationship with the realtor I work with now and it still comes in. I still look to her, I can't help it. It's like a child to a parent in a way. Like, what is she perceiving about this place? Does she think it's good for me? And she's gotten better having gotten to know me and my having more capacity to say, oh, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I don't agree with you, right? Cause that's, okay, so now we're into the feminine and acquiescence and not being allowed to have our own opinion, right? So it's like, I've got to hone that muscle of just saying like, first getting that I don't agree and then being able to say, I don't agree and live through that. Yeah, without knowing, it's just everybody sees life uniquely. Right, but that- but whatever's right for you is not right for me. Right, 
and for for whatever reason, I mean, I'm throwing out these ideas, you know, of what where it comes from the culture or feminine, but I can say like simply that I observe that I have had a challenge throughout my life of knowing what's true for me, or if I knew it, being willing to see it in myself, feeling allowed to express it. I've even expressed it and then taken it back in light of what others see. So that's my energetic signature. That's my karma. That's my whatever. Like I, that's why I see your gift, Julie. Yeah. It's why you're so good at seeing alignment is because you've struggled so much with being able to be with your own. Exactly. And that's why you can feel it. I just got a huge, like, sorry, I just saw. I mean, no, that's, no, that's it. I mean, huh. it's, it's why I do what I do. It's why I'm so fierce about it. Yeah, because you know the cost and pain of not being it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we are um, coming to the end, and I want people to find you. We're going to list this all on the podcast. Where can they find you? What, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, come on by my website, um, jfacommunications.com, which stands for Julie Feinstein Adams, and it might stand for just fucking awesome. We're thinking about that, <laughs> I agree with that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can, I've got, you know, there's contact information there. You can see a video of one of the stories that I created with that storytelling teacher that I talked about. Um, and actually a piece I wrote about empathy and about how to reflect on the impact of your words and your questions when someone shares something vulnerable with you. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I know my experience of working with you, it's a gift to be able to work with you. It's an honor. You're very powerful in what you deliver and you really hold people to be in their alignment in all aspects of their life. So. Thank you. I just have loved this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for this invitation. I adore you. It's just a pleasure. So, yes. Thank you.